Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hey, uh, we're kicking off a two-week series today entitled Mondays, You're Made for This. It's all about giving you uh, the courage and the focus that you need to face Mondays and every day, filled with the purpose and the destiny of God living and ruling in your life. Now, see, most people, uh, they come into Mondays moping. We've turned Monday into moan day. Oh, the weekend's over, gotta go back to work. Gosh, I don't wanna go back to work, right? We moan and mope all our way there. There's even songs written about how bad Monday is, right? Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. I mean, the Monday morning blues are a real thing. In fact, the medical community has found and reported that heart attacks increase by 20% on Mondays. So the struggle is real. And some of you like, right? But I'm gonna give you a different perspective on Monday. We're gonna talk about the biblical theology of work. What does God say about Monday, right? Now you may be thinking, well, Todd, you don't know what I'm going through. Like you have no idea what I'm facing at work every day. And you're right, I, I probably don't have any idea what you're dealing with, but I can guarantee that, it, that there's probably somebody that has it a little bit worse than you do. Like maybe this guy that's having to clean porta potties all day. I don't even like to go into a porta potty, like once. Could you imagine if that was your job every single day? Or were these people having to taste test pet food? <laughs> right? Like eating cat food every day. That's just nasty, y'all. It's nasty for a cat. Or this, this poor electrician in the third world country. Look at that. Good luck, buddy. That's not, that probably ain't happening. Or these guys that have their odor analysis. They're testing to see whether or not the deodorant works or not. Now, all of a sudden, your job doesn't seem quite so bad, right? The reason we're gonna spend these couple weeks talking about this is because most people approach their Mondays with the wrong perspective. I believe that God wants us to see it the way he sees it, not the way the world sees it. We have a, a biblical worldview, which means we're not like everybody else. We don't, we don't think like everybody else. We don't do life like everybody else. We let the word of God, not the world, influence our thinking and approach to everything, including, and I would even say especially, our work. And so there's a key verse that's gonna be the anchor for these two Sundays. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse one, and this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God has done for you is the best thing that you can do for him. What I love about this passage is it's, it's, it's open to all of us, no matter what you do. Your everyday, going to the gym, going to work out, going to work, everyday life, going to school, and give it back to God. And he says, maybe your version of the Bible or what you've heard is, this is your spiritual act of worship to God. This is how we worship God. So today, based on this, this scripture, I'm gonna look at two things. I'm gonna look at, at the why we work and the way we work. 
the why we work and the way we work. And to understand the why we work, we have to go all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter, chapter one, verse 26, and this is what it says. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that roam the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Now notice there's only two genders there, male and female. Just thought I'd point that out. Okay. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So one of the first things we see in this passage is that you have been created in the image of a creator. You've been made in the image, the, in the imprint of God is on your life, which means you are wonderfully and fearfully made by God. No matter what somebody else may have said about you growing up, spoken over you, no, 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 what the word of God says over you is that the, you have the image of God impressed on your life. You didn't come out of sludge and evolve over thousands of years into what you are today. No, 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 you've been masterfully designed by a master designer. You've been created by a creator to create because you've been made in his image. And the first thing that we see in the Bible is we see God working. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created, he worked. Verse four, he separated the heavens uh, from the earth. And verse seven, he made the heavens and separated the waters. And verse 11, he made the trees and the plants of the ground to come forth out of the ground. God is a working God. He is a creating, producing God. And you and I have been made in his image to do that. So it's kind of holy. In the next chapter in Genesis 2, it gets real specific in verse 15. It says, then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to, say that with me, cultivate it and keep it. Sounds like work. To cultivate it, and it also settles the question of what the oldest profession in the world is. It's not what you thought it was. It's landscaping. God was the first one to work in the Bible. And man is the second one to work. So here's the first truth as we're building our theology of work is this, is that your work is from God. Your work, whatever it is, work that you are called to do, it is from God. God created you to actually create. In that verse, he took man and he put him in a place where he was supposed to work. Not as a form of punishment, not as a consequence of sin, because sin hasn't even come into the, the picture here. Now this was actually God's gift to mankind, work. It's a gift from God. And you're thinking, well, I hope he gave me a gift receipt because I'd like to return what he bought me. <laughs> hey, what if, what, if, what if we stopped seeing work as something to try to get out of, trying to avoid, trying to resist, but instead we embraced it 
as what it is, a gift from God, that if we could open it up every day with a sense of expectation of God, you're gonna use this gift in my life to use me, to shape me, to change me, to help me be who I'm created to be, to fulfill my purpose and my destiny, I believe we would approach work a little bit differently. Now, God is working every day in Genesis. For six days he worked, on the seventh day he rested, and at the end of his work, every day, he said, it is which means work is good. You always heard it, it was a four-letter word. G-O-O-D. Nowhere in the Bible do you read about even Adam whining about his work, right? You don't, you don't read about him aggravated at his assignment given to him by God, even after the curse, right? So we see in this first part of Genesis that our work is uh, from God and it's, Good. Now, the second truth of our biblical foundation for our theology of work is found in the New Testament in Colossians chapter three. And this is what it says. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Say that next part with me out loud. As though you were working for the Lord and not for people. So whatever you do, whatever it is you do, you don't do it for whoever you think you're doing it for. You need to work like you do it for God. So, not only is your work from God, but your work, second point, is for God. What you do, you do for God. And if we can just get this one truth today, this will change your perspective on your Monday morning, right? If you just understand, as a Christ follower, you don't work for that company, you work for God. You don't work for AT&T or the police department or uh, school board or whatever that store that you go. No, 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 no. Don't, you're not working. You're working for God when you go to work. You're, you're working for him. If you're a business owner, you're not growing your business just to grow your business and make more money. You're actually in business for God. If you're a student, students, you're actually going to school for Jesus. Right? You're actually studying for God. You're actually gonna take that test this week for God, which means you better do your best. And all the parents said, amen, right? Even if you're a, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are actually cleaning up after Jesus. It's as though you're not working to clean up the house for the kids. I know Jesus wouldn't be as messy, but think about it. You're, you're, it says, though, do it as unto the Lord, he says. Whatever you do, do it as though you are working for God. Now, here's the point. If we can take the picture of whoever your boss is, whoever your supervisor is, and you just replace their picture with a picture of Jesus, that's gonna make going to work a whole lot easier tomorrow morning, right? You're gonna, you're gonna step into Monday with a little bit more motivation because you're like, oh, I'm working for Jesus, right? It's gonna give me a different perspective. I might, I might get a task from my supervisor, but I'm gonna treat it like it's coming from the throne room of heaven. God, I'm doing this assignment for you this week. I, I'm, I'm teaching these kids for you this week. I'm mopping these floors for, for you this week. I'm closing this deal for you this week. I'm making this coffee for you this week. And we know God loves coffee because there's a whole book of the Bible called Hebrews. So. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a cheesy pastor joke, but I couldn't resist. Look again, whatever you do, do it as though you are working for the Lord, not 
for people. Do whatever you do as if you are working for the Lord, not for people. I tell you, if you get a hold of this, Monday's gonna be magnificent. Tuesday's gonna be terrific. Wednesday's gonna be wonderful, right? More wonderful than it was, right? Thursday, you're gonna thrive on Thursday. Friday's gonna be fantastic because all of a sudden, this puts mission into the mundane. Your work actually becomes an act of worship. Same office, different focus. Same company, different commitment. Same Monday, but there's a different motivation because you begin to see that all of life is sacred. See, we have this tendency, I know I do, to separate out the secular from the sacred. We see things that are like reading our Bible or praying or coming to church as holy, sacred. And then we see things like going to work or dealing with problems or you know, paying our bills or whatever, and we see that as secular. We divide them out. Secular by definition means worldly or without God. But the truth is there is no place on the planet where God cannot work. There is no place that you ever have to be without God. But my fear is, is that too many of us are what I call Monday morning atheists. You know what an atheist is? An atheist is somebody who doesn't believe in God and lives like there is no God. A Monday morning atheist is uh, somebody who believes in God and on Sunday is, you hold it all together. And then Monday, living like there is no God, forgetting all about God, not bringing God in to their they're Mondays. Don't be a Monday morning atheist. Don't exclude God from your Monday and your Tuesday and your, now most of you would say, well, Todd, I'm not excluding him, but I would challenge you that you're not including him. And when we don't include him in the place where we spend so much of our time, think about it, you probably spend more time at work or school than you do anywhere else excluding sleep, right? You know what I'm talking about? So, so why would you and I wanna ever exclude God or not include God in that place where we spend so much time? Because he wants to, to bless that place. We're wondering why we're worn out by work, exhausted by our employer. Maybe it's because we haven't included the all-living, all-powerful, life-giving, joy-giving God into that thing called work, our nine to five. Some of us need to take God to work day. Right? Take, do they still do that? Take, take your kid to work day? I, I remember as a kid getting to do that. I loved it because my dad was a coach and an athletic director, which means I got to hang out at the gym and miss school all day. It was awesome, right? But some of y'all need to take God to work with you today to remind yourself on Monday, that's exactly where he belongs. Because you need his wisdom to help you with those decisions that you're having to make at work. You need his grace to help you deal with those people, oh dear God, that you've gotta deal with. You need his discernment on things. You, he needs to be right in the middle of what you're doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. See, there's a promise in this book in Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But how can he prosper you in an area that you don't include him in? How can he ever bless that area if you're not constantly bringing him into that area? I, I don't think he will. I don't know if he can because we've excluded him from that space that he wants to be all up in. 
Remember I said earlier that all of life is sacred? I have a friend uh, who's a businessman in the area, and when you walk into his home, right on the left-hand side, he has this scripture on the wall from Psalm 90, verse 17, and this is what it says. It says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us, establish the works of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In fact, do you have that scripture, Psalm uh, 90, verse 17? Why don't we pray this together as a prayer? May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Leave that up for a minute. That's praying for God's favor, his blessing, his goodness to rest on what you do. The work that you give yourself to, that you are working at with your life, your career, your profession, you're saying, God, I need your favor and blessing. And I need it to allow it to establish the work that we do. That word established means firmly planted, will last. You want it to last. You want what you do with your life after you've lived 60, 80, 90 years. You want it to matter, right? The only way it matters is this prayer of God, would you let your favor rest on the work of our hands, establish it, notice it says, for us, something we can't do ourselves, establish it, we pray. I've got friends in our church that are um, smart, uh, business, successful business people. Men and women that are running great companies, great businesses, they, they're gifted, they're, uh, they're talented, and they're hardworking. But all of them would tell you that God has done more with their business than they ever thought would ever happen. Like God's exceedingly abundantly taken them above what they thought. And all of them, every one of them, understand that their work is from God and that their work is for God. Every, every person that I see God's blessing and favor on in our church that has that kind of career path, they all know, oh, this is beyond me. They also know, and this is really important, that what they do is just as sacred as what I do. Oh, yeah. Because that's their calling. They're, they're, they're not called to be a pastor. They're called to run that business. And I'm not called to run that business. And y'all can't be pastors. So when we all understand that what God has given us to do is holy and sacred, when I do it for God, it's just as holy as what Pastor Todd is doing. See, when you understand this, then you understand uh, the work that I do as a pastor is not any more sacred than the work of the plumber. Byron, so you're one of my plumbers, thank you. Thank God for plumbers, right? right? Uh, the, the work that I do as a minister, my calling as a minister, is not more holy than the calling of the mechanic. And you better thank God that I'm not your mechanic, you know what I'm saying? God uses gifts and he puts things inside of you that when you offer it back to him as an offering, as a sacrifice, and you invite him into the middle of it, he will bless it and use it in ways you could never think or imagine. And when you begin to understand why you work, that we work for God and it comes from God, when we understand why, that, that shapes the way we work. Remember I said I wanna talk about the why we work and the way we work? Well, to understand the way we work, we look at Timothy, this verse in Timothy, chapter two, verse nine. Paul says this, slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God, our savior, attractive in every way. Now, 
Don't get hung up on Paul's use of the word slave here. Slavery is and was and always been a horrific thing. And Paul is not justifying slavery. He's not discussing whether slavery should be or shouldn't be. And uh, often remember that Paul would often refer to himself as a slave of Jesus Christ, right? And, um, and many of you feel enslaved at work anyway, so just go with it, okay? So <laughs> slaves obey your masters. What he's saying here is work to please whoever it is that you work for. Make it easy on them to be your leader. Don't cop an attitude. Don't be difficult to work with. Don't slack off. He says, don't steal. That could be time. Don't steal time. Be completely trustworthy. And then he says, when you live this way, you'll actually make Jesus attractive in every way. So the way you work is actually going to speak of Jesus. So I believe with all my heart that as Christians, we ought to be the hardest working people on the job. Like at your office, you ought, to be, you ought to be the first one there in the morning, ready to go. Don't you be coming in five minutes late. Don't be pulling in the parking lot right on time. Man, get there early. Take on the extra jobs. Lean in. I got it. Don't, don't try to shuffle away from work. We're the ones that are stepping in and saying, I want to make the way Jesus looks attractive by the way I work. So I'm going to give my best because I know who I'm working for. Don't, don't be stealing from their company. Don't be stealing time from your company. Don't be like on your phone playing Candy Crush, you know, some word game, you know, checking out social media when no one's looking because the one we're working for is always looking, right? So we're gonna give our best because we understand who we are working for. And Paul says, when you work this way, when this is the way that you work, you will make Jesus known which means you don't have to get up and preach at your coworkers, right? You don't have to stand on your desk and quote scripture, the path of the wicked leadeth to destruction. No, don't do that. That won't work. But the way you work will actually work. So here's what I know. Nobody can stop you from being exceptional. You get to be as exceptional as you wanna be, it doesn't matter what you do, you can be waiting tables, you can be working retail, you can be starting a business, you can be a photographer, whatever it is, you get to be as exceptional as you wanna be. And when you give your best, it'll separate you from the rest. My dad always says that your excellence will increase your influence. When you give the best that you have at every time, right? It doesn't mean perfection, it means I'm giving my best, I'm working hard at every time. My excellence, your excellence will increase your influence. This past Thursday, Julie and I were invited uh, by Palm Beach Atlantic University to come down and celebrate. They have an American Free Enterprise Day where they honor and recognize local business people in our community and the difference they've made. And one of the people being honored, there were only two um, from our community, and one of them was our own uh, Sarah McCann. Jim and Sarah, I think I saw you here today, so she's probably gonna shrink down in her seat as I talk about her a little bit. I didn't know you, what service you're coming to. Uh, but uh, Jim is here, a great couple here in our church, but Sarah's a businesswoman. She's like a Proverbs 31, get up early and make it happen kind of person. And so she started a design group and she started Hive um, retail store and clothing store and all these things. And then they opened up the Hive bakery. Oh, they have these cinnamon sugar morning buns that will change your life. That's a word of the Lord for somebody, okay? Uh, but they didn't, they, they weren't honoring Sarah for her, the, the morning buns. I, I would have honored Sarah for the morning buns, but they were honoring Sarah for the way that she works in our community. 
for the way she leads her team and her companies, the way she invests in people, the way she gives back, the way, the way that she's worked had made the community stop and notice there was something different. And at the breakfast we had, she stood up and she gave all the credit to Jesus, all the credit to the Lord. She's quoting scriptures, Ephesians 3.20. She's saying the word of God is the, what I've built my life on and the foundation of everything I've done. Her excellence is increasing her influence within our community. And let me tell you, you don't have to own a business or start one to do that. Wherever you are this week, this week, your excellence is gonna increase your influence for the kingdom of God. I had a chance a couple of weeks back to uh, sit down with Dan Cathy, the former uh, CEO of Chick-fil-A, his family started Chick-fil-A, and talk to him about how faith intersects with our work life. And I want you to watch just a portion of that conversation. Watch this. Well, Dan, I wanna thank you for taking some time today to be with our Christ Fellowship family and just uh, share your heart and a little bit of your life story. We all love Chick-fil-A, my goodness, especially you look those very healthy. chicken minis. They're small. I only can have a few of those and, and keep jogging and going. But uh, we know that uh, Chick-fil-A is not a, a Christian uh, business. You are based on Christian values, but you employ people that are maybe not Christians, how do you maintain and sustain uh, the Christian values that you and, and your family has had, the leadership of Chick-fil-A has, with employees that maybe aren't uh, personally adhering to those same values? So it's integrating yeah. th those values into the organization. Yeah. One of my favorite passages of Scripture that you may know very well, Matthew chapter 5, he says, let your light so shine among men that they may taste your hot waffle fries and, and, and the way you read that? Well, that's how I read it. Because when I read scripture, I read it through the lens of my profession. I read it through the lens of my life experience. Your visions may say, let your works so shine among men. Mine, when I look at that, I look at clean restrooms. Let, let your smiles, welcome to Chick-fil-A. That's how I want to be glorified God. He didn't say Sunday school lesson. He didn't sing, talk about how loud you sing on Sunday morning. He said, let your, think about this. This incredible thing, thought, goes with this thing we're talking about. Let your light shine. Here's how I want you to let my light shine. He said, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify Father. So he's saying that the, the way I want you to glorify me is through the excellence of what you do. And may the excellence of what you do so be so compelling that people are so intrigued by the excellence of what they do, they want to know more about your life. And when they start to see more about their life, you know that you're driven with excellence because as an act of worship. This is an, our work should be thought of as an act of worship. Colossians 3.23, you may not, I, I know these are all new verses of scripture, but great. taught this a lot, you could learn you know, as you open God's word here. But in that passage of scripture, uh, he says that whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. So I think he's inviting us to think, and it's an exciting thing to think that our day-to-day -day work, our Monday through Friday, our Monday through Saturday work, whatever the day of that week may be, uh, is, is just as much an act of worship is any song that we would sing on a Sunday morning. That's remarkable. Thank you for sharing that with us. We're in this series called Made for Mondays, and we're helping people integrate 
their Sunday, their faith, with their Monday. The cashier, the, the, the business guy, the construction worker, the teacher, the person, just they may not own a business, but they, they want to carry with them their faith into their work week. What would you tell them to do? How would you encourage them to do that? So this expression, thank God it's Friday, is, is a uh, horrific expression. Uh, and it implies that the nation has a breakout and revival at five o'clock on Friday afternoon, and the nation gets on its knees in prayer, thanking God that this crummy, miserable job has now come to an end, and we're gonna have 48 hours of bliss and enjoyment only to set the alarm clock on Monday morning and to go back to this miserable job. We've got to, our challenge is to say, TGIM, thanks God it's Monday. You know, and when we get equipped up on Sunday with God's word, which is intended to give life and freedom and joy and happiness to equip us to see that our work on Monday is a huge mission field. It's time to get our game face on, to be in service, to be as missionaries into the marketplace. Yes, Thank you. And uh, church, we're going to change TGIF to TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. Not just because Chick-fil-A opens up on Monday, but because we are stepping into what God has called us to do. Would you help me thank Dan Cathy today? Thank you, sir. My honor. My pleasure. Thank God it's Monday. Because Monday, we are on mission. See, God has placed you in whatever job you're in right now, you're there for a purpose. And the purpose is people, right? You're helping to, to, to help people know God. So if you work at Publix, Publix actually pays you to reach people. If you work at the mall, you may work at Macy's. Macy's is helping fund your mission. If you work at AT&T, you're helping people connect with God. Can you hear him now, right? Was that Sprint? I don't know. Maybe that was Sprint instead. Either way, it both works. So your work is, is from God. Your work is for God. And the third and last one is this. You work with God. You and I get to actually partner with God in his work. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 3.9. In fact, why don't you say this with me out loud? We are God's co-workers in God's service. Say that again. We are God's co-workers in God's service. When you understand that your calling is really God calling you up to work with him, man, it, it gives your career some clarity. You understand that you're working for a purpose, not just a paycheck, right? I know, here's what I know. There are a lot of people wherever you work or students where you go to school, uh, they need Jesus. There's people all around you every week. They, they, need, they need somebody to point them to Jesus. They need a pastor. Hey, what, what does a pastor do? A pastor just points people to Jesus and truth. But they may never walk in the doors of our church. That's okay. They got you. Like, like you, are, you are right there, on the spot, ready to go. Do you know that you can pray for people at work? Yeah, you can. You may say, oh, no, we're not allowed to. I'll, go, I'll be sent to HR if I pray for people. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about standing up on your cubicle desk and going, y'all gather around. We need to pray for Dave over here. He's <laughs> kicked out of the house this week. Marriage, pro extend a hand if you feel comfortable towards Dave. <laughs> you can pray for people while you're working. 
You can pray for people while you're working on your computer, while you're walking into the meeting. You can pray, Holy Spirit, help me see the people that you put in my path and give me a word for them at the right time, just exactly what they need to hear. Use me today and the way that I am to help people find you. See, here's why this is important, because right where you are, you are the answer to somebody's prayer. There is some spouse right now praying for her husband to be surrounded by other godly men at his workplace that will actually nudge him and point him and talk to him about God. And guess what? He works right next to you. So men, open your eyes and see where God has placed you. There are parents today that are praying for their kids that godly teachers and godly educators will speak life and truth and reinforce God's truth in their lives and even other, for other kids to come around and, and speak the things of God around them. Guess what? You get to be an answer to their prayers. You get to partner with God. And what I love is we have a church full of people doing this and getting better at this and better. We got a guy named Scott. He runs several businesses in our church. He, he, were, he, he volunteers in our crew ministry and our prayer altar ministry. But man, midweek, he is a business guy, but he understands he's in the business of people. He talked to me the other day, he goes, I led 10 of my customers to the Lord this week. I'm like, Scott, that's better than most churches in America, <laughs> right? We got Marilyn Williams here on the second row. She's a, like many of you, a real estate agent. But do you know if you are a real estate agent, you are really an undercover agent for Jesus? <laughs> you, you're not just selling homes, you're selling hope. Right, you've got an opportunity to speak into people moving into the area and talk to them about Jesus. Right, we got this guy that runs Wits uh, Custard, frozen custard. His name is Chris Mass. Great guy. It's holy work. What they do, making ice cream, is holy work. Did you know that? <laughs> it's actually all their stores are really just a front. It's it's just a front. Every one of them, not for a drug king for the King of Kings, right? And they are pushing Jesus where every place they can. It is because they're living on mission. So here's my challenge for you. Here's my challenge. I want all of you to have a take God to work week. Not a day, every day this week. Every day this week, I want you to intentionally invite Jesus into every part of your work week. All right, which means you're inviting him into every decision, every problem that you have to solve, every issue that comes up, every lack or need. The first one you're turning to is God because you are inviting him into this part of your life. That you are gonna go, the way I work this week is actually gonna point people to Jesus. And I guarantee you that if we do this, regardless of where your week takes you, you're gonna see God use you in ways you never, ever imagined. Okay, so we wanna spend the next few minutes praying over you, specifically. Julie, why don't you come on up? We're gonna pray over different areas of those of you in the workforce and students and even retirees. We're gonna pray that this week would be filled with so much of, your, of God's power and grace that you'll be amazed. And we're gonna ask you to stand. The first group we're gonna pray for are yeah, educators. we're gonna pray for our educators, our teachers and principals and um, professors, and also our students. So if you guys could stand up, we wanna pray for you. Okay, so you students, educators, mm -hmm. teachers. Homeschool. Homeschool teachers. moms. Yep, mm -hmm. and dads. Okay, I see some students yes. in the front row. Come on, Come guys, on. stand up. Stand yeah. up, second row, stand up. Come on. College students. You don't wanna miss out on the You don't wanna miss, you don't out, wanna miss out on the blessing over? of God. We're gonna pray no. blessing on you. Come on, let's go. 
Okay, Julie, pray. Well, God, I just pray for all of the teachers and professors and homeschool teachers, God, that are standing today. Yes. I pray, God, that you would give them just a passion to be able to declare your truth over the generation coming behind them. I pray, God, that you give them discernment and wisdom, God. I pray that you would help them to encourage, meaning to, uh, to, to give courage to the next generation, God, that their words, that they would recognize their influence is far greater than it, they could even imagine. And God, I pray for those students that are standing today. God, in a generation that is marked by hopelessness, I pray, God, that those who are standing today, that you would mark them by your spirit, yes, that you would God. mark them by a spirit of hope, by a spirit of peace, that they would be able to carry your light and your life into the workplace, into their schools, and that their schools will never be the same, that you pour out your spirit, that your sons and your daughters would declare your word over their generation. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. The next group we want to pray for are those working in retail, the food industry, um, hospitality industry, if you would stand, we want to pray a blessing over you and the work that you do. And yes, you might be a student that works yes. in one of those areas. That's great. So we're going to pray for all of you in that area. So Father God, we thank you for these men and women that are standing today, serving our community in many different ways. We pray a blessing on them, that God, as they serve customers, that they would realize they are serving you and that God, the light of heaven would shine through them and they could bring some hope to people that are walking in hopeless and feeling a little discouraged. They could brighten the place where they work. God, fill them so they can fill their place of work with joy and grace this week in Jesus' name. So for all of our law enforcement and first responders and, and our city workers and our medical community, you if stand? you guys could stand for doctors and nurses and physicians assistants, therapists. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank, Thank you for, what, for you what you do. God, I pray for those in law enforcement and first responders. God, I pray protection over their lives and over their families. I pray, God, that, that you would unleash your angel armies around and about them, that our community would be safer because they are there. I pray, God, that you would put your, your armies of angels around them to protect them, to guard them. Yes. I pray that you'd be with their families, that there would not be anxiety or worry, right. God. I pray for protection over them. And as they carry your light into the darkest of places, that they would also carry your presence and your peace. We pray that your anointing would be on them. God, I pray for those in the medical field. God, I just pray that you would unleash and, 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 and be able to stir up the gift of healing yes. that is in them. God, yes. I just pray that, uh, that, you can, that, that they can treat, but God, I pray, God, that they would not be limited to their own abilities, but they would call on your spirit for your wisdom, for your discernment, for your healing. God, we just pray your favor as they minister to so many, that they would bring your hope and your peace into the lives of others. Amen. Amen. Man, you may be seated. The next group are all business people. So this would be everybody that runs a business, works in a business, maybe real estate, own your own business, you're in leadership in a company. If you would stand, we know that you need a lot of grace to face all of the decisions and pressures that you're dealing with in this season. So Father God, we thank you that by your spirit, you're gonna encourage every person that's standing this week. You're gonna give them, fill them with your power, fill them with your presence, give them wisdom, give them a sound mind, God, so they can understand exactly what you want them to do, what they can do to succeed and excel and give them new ideas, give them creativity. Let it flow, God, from you who are creative and the creator. Let it flow through them, I pray this week. And God, I pray that you go before them, move the mountains that they don't know how to move, we pray in Jesus. Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. And for those that are retired and semi-retired, would you stay standing and, um, and stand? And we just want to pray an anointing on your golf game. Yes. And on your fishing expeditions. 
So no, really, on your connections. On your connections and your conversations. Yes, because you're not done. No. In fact, I don't see the word retired in the Bible. Right. Right. Which means you're still on a holy assignment, yeah. right? Yes, yeah, so God, that, we pray, God, that you would unleash a Caleb generation, yes. those that are ready to take a mountain for you. I pray, God, that you would just go before each person standing, that you would bring about divine connections where they can impart the wisdom that you poured into them over the years, yes. that you would, they would be able to impart that into a generation yes. that's looking to them, that's coming behind them, that wants them. God, I just pray that you would just stir up such a passion to be able to unleash the next generation into their calling. And God, I just pray that the seeds that they planted uh, down through the years, that they would be able to not only enjoy this season and the harvest of this season, but that others would be able to learn from their fruit. God, we just pray blessing and favor and ministry on them today. And then I'd like everybody to stand, just in case you didn't stand in one of those. All of us are facing a Monday, right? We all got Monday coming, a few hours. I wanna pray God's favor over you. And then I'm gonna pray a second prayer because here's some of you, you don't have Jesus and you better not go into money without Jesus. He changes everything. Monday won't even make sense without a relationship with Jesus Christ. But when you bring him into your life and you can take him with you into your Monday and your Tuesday, then life begins to make sense. And so that second prayer is gonna be uh, for those of you that just need to get that relationship with Jesus right. Would you bow your heads with me for this last prayer? God, we thank you for every man, woman, and child in this room today. And Lord, I pray a blessing over them that they would walk into Monday filled with your glory, filled with your strength, filled with your presence, knowing that you are with them and that you are for them and that we would see, God, a revival sweep across our region this week as all of us, thousands of us are carrying this, carrying you with us into our work week and school week. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, that second prayer is for me. I need to get my life right with Jesus. I need to carry him with me personally into my life. And maybe, maybe your relationship isn't where it needs to be. If you would say, Todd, include me in this prayer, right where you are, would you just extend a hand towards heaven and just telling God you just wanna get a relationship with him, right? Yeah, hold it up high. Let me see it all the way in the back. Yep, I see it all the way on the sides. Okay, we're gonna pray this prayer together out loud. Just say this, say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus come, into my life. come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Take the first place in my life. Take the first place in my life. And I will follow you. And I will follow you. The best I know how. The best I know how. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's thank God for this today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.